You're listening to Right Way Tech Radio, where we introduce you to our certified engineers and technology partners. Now buckle up and relax as we guide you down the right path towards tech harmony. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of Right Way Tech Radio. Today we're talking with our network practice manager and technical architect, Greg Moses. We've been lucky to work with Greg for just about seven years, and we are so glad that he stuck around because he is our lead network architect and is fabulous to be working with. Uh, we are getting the chance to talk about a pretty popular networking topic, which is next-generation firewalls. Thanks for being here today, Greg. Thanks for having me. So as the network practice manager um, and the technical architect, can you talk to us a little bit about some of your responsibilities at Right Systems? Sure. So my team and I is primarily responsible for all things encompassing the network. So that includes things like switches, routers, firewalls, wireless access points, and anything in between. That's great. Well, so with next generation firewalls, I mean, that is our main topic today. Um, it's pretty obvious that there's a, there must be some sort of a difference between next gen firewalls and traditional ones. What, what are those differences? Yeah, it's a great question. So to take a step back and to kind of look at where firewalls evolve from, we'll first pick on what I call a traditional layer four firewall. And that's where firewalls back in the day had the ability to look at source traffic. So who's making the request, had the ability to look at the destination that they were wanting to go to, and then also the particular protocol and port. So if I was TCP or UDP, and then that networking port, as an example, port 80 on TCP would be a web request. Now fast forward to today, next-gen firewalls have the ability to take that information and then build upon it. So now we can actually see not only the source and destination as well as the port, but we can also add in additional information such as the user that's making the request, the time of day that the request was made, and then also and more importantly, probably most importantly, we have the ability to identify the conversation based on an application. And that becomes really impo important when we start talking about if we have a, an application that we don't want to allow to talk on our network, we now have the ability to say, I don't care what port or protocol you're using to try to communicate. If I see you, bad application, trying to work on my network, I'm going to shut you down. Great. Thank you. Yeah, that that really helps. I mean, it's it seems like there's so much more involved with the next-gen firewalls than the traditional ones. I mean, they don't just say, this is good or this is bad. Let this through. Stop this. There's a lot more analysis behind the decision and a lot more information that comes out out of it. Exactly right. Yep. And I think that that visibility is, is key for customers moving forward in today's age. So if... A customer came to you and was going back and forth and not understanding firewalls in general or, you know, the differences. If they knew they needed to up their security um, and did show interest in next gen, but they weren't entirely sure, what 
kind of information would you tell them, you know, to to explain to them, I guess, what um, – what not just what the difference is, but why they would want to upgrade their firewall. Sure. Yeah. I think it goes back to those same kind of reasons that we talked about in the differentiators between a traditional layer four firewall and a next gen in that we get more visibility than we've ever had before, which is a very important item of consideration. We also have uh, in next gen firewalls, we have the ability for the firewall to do more for us or on behalf of us. So not quite the same, you know, pushing the buttons and twisting the knobs per se. If we set it up right, it it works for you rather than almost against you. And so, you know, understanding the customer's needs or if they're a lean IT shop, seems like, you know, there's a good opportunity there to help them get smarter and have an appliance or solution that that works for them, works harder for them. Mm-hmm. And then it's my understanding that Yes, we provide the solution, but we also provide the services of management, uh, like managing the security, managing the firewalls, and um, helping out with that. It's my understanding that that's because a really high percentage of breaches don't necessarily come from faulty firewalls or faulty deployment, but they actually come from um, lack of configuration or lack of management. Uh, Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a great statistic. Yeah. Over 90% of of issues that have arised are, are really coming more from misconfiguration. And what we see, and this is, I think, it's a broad brush, but I think it's applicable to most people out there today, anybody listening to this podcast is likely going to step back and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in that group too. And that's really where we're being asked to do more with less. And so unfortunately, we see a lot of times customers will buy a solution and it doesn't even have to be a next gen firewall. It could be anything, a switch, a wireless access point, you name it. We just need to get that solution stood up and we got to move on to the next fire. RSI, we have the ability to come in and say that, you know, we're, we're here to help, obviously, first and foremost. Through our statement of work process, we have the ability to custom fit a solution, uh, both from a, a hardware perspective, but then also from a services perspective to ensure that whatever it is that you're procuring is, is deployed and is able to be more, most effectively utilized. Our statements of work range from what we call teach to fish where we come in and and get the basic fundamental underpinnings stood up. We bring you along the journey, uh, ensuring that that you, the customer, know how to do the base configuration and continued care and feeding, and then set you free to to go do your thing. Of course, we're always still in the wings for support if you come up against an issue, both with our field engineers as well as our service desk. That's one option. Then option two, of course, is a complete turnkey solution where our customers tell us we don't have the time to get this done, but we need it done right. In that scenario, we take the solution from beginning to end. We hand over documentation and give you the keys and off you go. Our final solution, of course, is the one where the customer says we don't want anything to do with it through the whole life of the solution. We need that to be a managed solution from you. RSI has the ability to, to offer that service where we do exactly that. We stand the solution up, we ensure that it's configured appropriately, and then we continue, we, RSI, continue the care and feeding of that solution for the customer. So we can basically be as hands-on or hands-off as they wish, as the customer wishes. We prefer, we would like to be a little more hands-on so we can 
that they're being taken care of as much as possible, but it's not an end-all, be-all. I mean, we can train the people to know what to look for. Um, so we can also help augment their staff and be that staff to help them look for potential breaches. That's exactly right. And, you know, the, the teach-to-fish approach has been probably the most well-received from the customers that we've done engagements with. And I say that mostly because, you know, a lot of our customers, not only are they being asked to do more with less, but they're also not given any sort of a training budget. By us coming in and doing a teach to fish project, we get to bring our customers along the journey with us as we stand up the solution again, be it a firewall, be it a wireless access point, a switch or whatever. We bring our customers along that journey. And so we can't help but you know, share in that whole knowledge transfer and lessons learned because this is something that we do every day. The greater majority of our customers, this is something that they do maybe once every three years, five years, seven years. They just mm-hmm. don't have that that the bumps and bruises, if you will, to to be wise. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's how can we expect every company to have all of the certified engineers on staff with the not only not just the knowledge, but have the time and flexibility to um, focus on that specific thing, which is, is security is probably or should be at least incredibly top of mind for businesses large or small. Agreed. Yeah. And actually, it's one of our major focuses. You know, I'm lucky enough to have a, a team that I work with where every engineer is laser focused on ensuring they've got you know the the most current experience and certifications with regard to a a wide range of next gen firewall solutions so we don't pick a particular manufacturer and i think that helps us be more versatile and provide the best value to our customers we see a lot we do a lot with a number of different manufacturers each one of them brings a different approach to the table and we then have that goodness you know putting that in our tool belt so no matter what we're showing up to see we have the ability to provide value that's good so we're not all about the um rip out the IT infrastructure as a whole and replace it with new things. We work with a lot of different types of manufacturers. Um, You know, there are specific ones that specialize in specific things, but um, we can easily figure out the best way to implement certain manufacturers um, and marry them together with others. Absolutely right. I think, you know, we... We're definitely big subscribers in the right tool for the right job, of course, but we're also... Nice plan words. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we, we certainly also recognize the fact that not only are, you know, again, we've already said this, but IT is being asked to do more with less. That's not just from a staff perspective. That's also from a financial perspective. So coming in and thinking that we're just going to be able to rip everything out and put in net new anytime we show up is unreasonable and it's not a, an approach that that we would ever endorse. We're certainly here to make the solutions work with what we're given. And I think, again, that goes back to that kind of creativity that uh, the team that I work with has under their belt because we see and do so much. That's great. And real quick for you listeners, if you hear any weird noises, there is some construction going on and planes overhead. So we apologize. Um, Hopefully, it doesn't hurt your ears. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, for if someone's interested in a next-gen firewall, what from the beginning of you know expressing interest, what would the assessment 
process look like to make sure they're a good fit, um, to assess where they're at, I guess, um, in their security uh, endeavors? And just what does that process look like, the whole assessment analysis? Sure. You know, everything starts with a conversation, as you can imagine. So that's that's the birth of the idea is through the course of conversation. Uh, we, we do, you know, just a preliminary gauge of what do you have today? What are the problems that you're looking to solve? Once we get a clear scope on that, the next step that we like to, to do, assuming that we have the, the time, if it's not a pressing matter, we really like to do that test drive where we get with a you know, manufacturer or two or three, whatever the requirements are, we like to get their appliances in place. We actually like to see those appliances sitting behind the current production firewall assuming that it's not next gen. And even if it is, then we, we still get the visibility of traffic that is making it through the current production firewall through the new next gen firewall solution to see what sort of additional traffic did it identify that the primary solution wasn't able to capture. That gives us good tangible information that we can then arm our customer with for forward conversations that they will have with the business when they go to ask for resources, including time, money, all of those things. So basically the analysis is looking at real time information, um, not, well, this could happen, you know, in a hypothetical situations. Um, it's, it's really just plugging it in, um, setting everything up and, and analyzing and looking at what are what are the current potential breaches? What's going on behind the scenes? So we can actually show people, you know, because most of our most of us are visual learners, anyways. So they can actually make the decision for themselves, essentially, and they can see what yeah what's happening. That's exactly right. And of course, that's for a, a net new customer. You know, any any of our existing customers. I guess the other thing that's important to to call out is the fact that we also do firewall assessments where. To the, the same point that you made, Abby, we come in when a solution has been deployed, whether we've done it or someone else, including the customer, we come in and do an assessment where we look at security policies, we analyze traffic, we run it through various tools that give us recommendations for additional policy adjustment or uh, you know moves, ads, changes, whatever the case may be. And so that same methodology of analysis and then prescription, we take whether it's a net new conversation or an existing tune-up, whatever the case may be. So would you say that this solution is best for like enterprise only or like what what sizes, what companies? I mean, what if, I don't know, what if there was a nonprofit interested or, you know, a large enterprise company interested? Are there different limitations? Is this some, uh, like a solution that could potentially fit all? Sure. Yeah, it's, that's a great question, actually. And I feel like nowadays with as much malware, if you will, that, that's out there on the, the web, if you have any sort of connection to that service, so if you browse the web, if you check email, if you do any of those things, you absolutely are a perfect candidate for a next-gen firewall. And I would also say that that's just the beginning of the whole wrapping yourself in a secure blanket. Well, we start at the edge. That's A security the blanket. There you go. Yeah. No pun intended, but... Uh, <laughs> That we start at the edge and we work our way towards the you know the soft side of the network where our clients 
our consuming services, uh, big, small, uh, home, home office, uh, you name it, doesn't matter. Any mm-hmm. location that has that kind of connectivity should absolutely be thinking about next-gen firewalls, next-generation endpoints, so antivirus, anti-spyware, all of those things are absolutely prudent for any customer of any size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you think that you don't have information that really matters... Yeah. Or you're wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it could absolutely. be wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of these uh, exploits that are out there, you know, they're not they're not specifically targeting anything. They're just they're throwing it out on the wire, and whatever they reel in, it's a score. It's like it's, they're casting a net, right? Yeah, it really gotta... is. That's exactly it. We cast a net. We see what lands in it. And uh, gosh, you know, maybe there's going to be some good stuff, maybe not. But either way, mm-hmm. I don't care because it's an automated solution and off we go. So don't think that you don't have anything that that anybody wants. That It's not about that. It's just about exposure and exploit. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This is really informational. We do have one last question. Um, it's not technically about firewalls or really... Well, it is kind of about technology, but certainly not about network. <laughs> All right. If you, we are so attached to our cell phones these days, and the thought of losing the apps on our cell phones, that's kind of a scary one. But uh, if someone were to take your cell phone and delete all of your apps except for three, what would your top three apps be to keep on your phone? If I had to choose three, I would definitely want to keep a maps application because I've been, uh, I've had to deal with the whole, you know, manual map coordination thing like Battleship where you find your location on a a physical (laughs) map and that's just, that's no fun. Uh, So I definitely would have a maps app. Uh, Sadly, of course, I I have to have my email application. Mm -hmm. Got to be connected. Got to make sure I can get back to my customers and team. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think my last one would probably be... uh, YouTube, I think, you know, and it's not just because it's fun, but I also think there's as much bad material as on YouTube. There's also that much, if not more good material for continuing education on any problems you're trying to solve. If you come up against an issue, it seems like somebody's had the same thing and they've made a video about it. So yeah, probably those three. So many tutorials on YouTube. It's wonderful. It really is. Chances are, if you have a question, someone made a video of an answer. That's right. (laughs) I think I would probably still your your selection too. I mean, those are really good three three options. And we all know that MapQuest isn't really good anymore. I get to, I don't even know if their mapping is up to date for printing out maps. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you again for being here today, Greg. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Right Way Tech Radio. Be sure to visit www.rightsys.com. That's R-I-G-H-T-S-Y-S dot com for more information on how we can help you and your business.